What's going on, Spurs fans? SSPN guys back again. I'm Ethan Quintero. Next to me is Jude McLaren, as always. And we're mm-hmm. back with another positional breakdown. This time, this one's been, uh, has a lot of hype. We had a couple comments about this one. People are interested, and it's the power forward position, a position that we've talked about quite a bit on this show, Jude. It was kind of lacking this season. Um, mm-hmm. not because of talent necessarily, just because we didn't have a lot of guys at that position, but we're going to talk about three today that, that we're playing this season. And first and foremost, we're going to go with Trey Lyles, Jude. So overall this season, what did you think of Trey Lyles? <laughs> um, so the thing about Trey Lyles is I think we came into the season thinking that he was going to be a depth guy, maybe, you know, a guy that can that maybe maybe could earn, you know, some full-time minutes at the fo- at the backup for um, going into the year, maybe even starting who knew. We were kind of just like, okay, this is a guy that didn't work out in Denver, um, but he's still from Kentucky. He's 24, 25 years old, still has a lot of potential. Obviously didn't work out in San Antonio. He played a little bit, never played necessarily bad um, for the Spurs. I think this year, basically the thing that kept him on the court last year was his three-point shooting and this year he just couldn't hit a shot from three he was wide open and you can tell it's not like he has a bad form or anything it's not like he's just you know this terrible shooter it just didn't work out this year and therefore ended up not working out for the Spurs um, and him and and his career with them so it looks like this is going to be the end there are reports in the middle of the year that were saying that he wanted a change of scenery um, and then there were also Obviously, the the Shams report of him getting traded to Dallas that ultimately got rescinded. So, point is, Spurs tried to trade him. It looks like he wants to be moved. It didn't work out. He's probably going to be off the roster. So, it's really disappointing uh, with Trey Lyles. We talked about it in an earlier podcast. Uh, that was my biggest disappointment of the season. And when I said his name, you were like, I completely forgot about Trey Lyles. I forgot he was on the team because last season, toward the end of the season. I'm thinking about one game in particular. Trey Lyles started playing very well at the power forward. I think spot. I know what game you're talking about. Was this late in the season? It was against the Magic. I remember it vividly okay. because yeah, I was I think there. It's this. I think I remember. I was at the game, and he was going <laughs> crazy. He had his acrobatic layups. He was hitting threes all over the court. And I've talked about it with a friend of ours, Gage Sutton. Uh, shout out to Gage. And we both thought, like, this guy's going to be a solid four, probably starting next season, which is the season we're talking about currently. And he's probably going to average, like, double digits, 10 points. Like, he was going crazy. We thought he was going to have a breakout year with the Spurs. And he just couldn't get it going um, from the start. Like, he was just missing shots. He he lost a lot of confidence, I think, uh, because he couldn't get his shot to fall. And then and then his minutes get pulled, even more confidence. Yeah. The ball starts rolling. Pop is pulling him um, pretty quickly. And, you know, no fault to Pop because he wasn't mm-hmm. playing well. I mean, you have to pull him at that point because it becomes an extreme liability. But I think not having his size, because he's a long 6'10 power forward that can space the floor, and him not being able to contribute really really hurt the Spurs in the long run, I think, which is unfortunate. Which is why our draft need should target somebody who's can shoot the three, play defense, and is tall and big, specifically at the four position. Hopefully. Uh, Kai you. Jones, something. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But the other thing about Trey Lyles, I really thought, I, I like what you're saying, and um, I think, just to harp on it one more time, I really felt like he was going to be like a P.J. Washington type of player for us that's who I felt like he could be you know obviously he's a little bit taller than PJ which which we like um as Spurs fans has a little bit more of a post game 
Um, and that's what I kind of liked about him. I was like, okay, he's got a post game, but he's, you know, 6'9", 230, however, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he can play the small ball center, but he's not... It's also not like we're playing somebody who's super small, though, at the same time. Like, he can play the small ball center, but he can match up against actual centers. And, you know, being able to stretch the floor, it was it was something that we envisioned to be really nice, but didn't end up working out, so. Yeah, and I think that's all you can say about um, Trey Lyles, at least for this episode. I wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully he finds some more confidence somewhere else. I doubt he comes back to the Spurs. We've heard about yeah. tensions, like you said. Um but I enjoyed him last season, and it's just unfortunate that he had such a, a disappointing yeah. season this year. Because he really would be, like, he's the player we need. Like, he what is. we thought he could be, what we thought he could be, he's the player we need. So that's that's the most disappointing part about Trey Lyles. I, I like that you said that. And like you said, I, I think the last time this happened, I was like, I totally forgot about Trey mm-hmm. Lyles. But now, looking at it in retrospect, he really... He, I think I have to agree with you. I think he was the most disappointing part of the season because at least in roster management, because when you look at the holes on the roster, because he didn't work out, that hole is still there. So Yeah, and then losing LA didn't help. But we'll get to that next next episode yes. of the Centers. Um, <laughs> but I think we should move on to our next power forward. I'm going to make the decision. Let's go with Rudy Gay, mm-hmm. a guy that we have, when we initially signed him, I thought he was going to play, or he, I'm sure he thought as well, he was going to be a backup small forward to Kawhi Leonard. And maybe maybe a small ball four in some situations. Maybe. But, and but, ultimately yeah. with age and <laughs> positional needs, he became our backup, basically six-man power forward. Um, he's only 6'8", I mean, which isn't small, but I think... He, he actually gained weight this year. He's yeah, he, two, he was 250 this year. I was like, wow. So, he did. But I can see why. I mean... They needed him to be. We've talked a lot about Rudy Gay, Jude. Did you think, ultimately, looking back at the season as a whole, were you impressed by what he did this season, or were you disappointed by what he did this season? That's a tough question. I think, ultimately, it's going to be disappointed. But the one thing I'll say about Rudy is that at the end of the year, when it felt like, you know, Patty couldn't hit a shot or other people couldn't hit a shot, when it came down to clutch time, Rudy would always make some crazy shot down the stretch and and it would keep us in game so I will give him that and that's just his nature of being an ISO player and you know he's been taking contested mid-range jump shots since he was in Memphis so it's like you know and that was the early 2000s so that's just the type of player that he is um so shout out to him for that and this is another thing with like the whole Kawhi situation similar to Kawhi shout out to Rudy for sticking with us through this whole thing because he thought he was going to go play with Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge and compete for a championship as a six man basically being the second incarnation probably of I mean not actually the second incarnation of Manu Ginobili but that's probably going into it that's what he felt like he's like okay I'm gonna literally play Manu's role I'm just gonna be a scorer for him Mm -hmm. off the bench um and unfortunately uh you know, that it never got that championship aspiration. But let's talk about the fact that he tore his Achilles before this, and now he's kind of revitalized his career. Like, this is a guy who the Lakers or, you know, some other championship team um, with aspirations, maybe even the Nets, um, would like to sign as a, a switchable 3-4 who can shoot the ball with consistency. Um, so, bad news for Rudy Gay. Didn't get a championship playing with Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge. Good news for Rudy Gay. Revived his career, may get a championship in the next few years um, as a role player on a championship team. Yeah, I agree with you. There's no reason that he can't be, at the very least, and I think he actually might be a little bit better, 
than what Carmelo Anthony is doing currently mm-hmm. with the Blazers. Exactly. I think he can definitely do that. Just be a bucket off the bench. Um, and looking back at this season in particular, Jude, we talked a lot about Rudy and we harped on him a lot because he would, he would pretty much chuck it up a lot of shots. It was just him it was the him and Ratty, or not Ratty, Ratty, gosh. The <laughs> him and, the, the him and Patty thing. It was mm-hmm. just two old guys coming in, you know, shooting the ball yeah. with, with I, just the, the, the green light. And that was the problem. And I think our, our disappointment, and I think a lot of Spurs fans' disappointment, doesn't stem from their play as much as, they took chances and minutes away from our young guys. And that's pop. That's not even that's them. That's just pop. That's not the yeah, yeah, exactly. So taking that aside, I think Rudy actually played fairly well this season. He averaged 11 points, which isn't a lot. But coming off the bench, he was probably our best scorer on the bench. He could provide three. He had he some could... big games for us, like 18, 19 mm-hmm. points that if yep. we didn't have that, we wouldn't have won games. And so. he scored 20 and really kept us in the game during that play-in tournament against Memphis. And we forget about that. He had the same amount of points as DeMar, I think, but DeMar shot way more inefficiently than Rudy. And honestly, the biggest disappointment from Rudy, or the biggest flaw, I guess, in his game this season was defensively. He just couldn't stop anybody. But and he's also just like 36. So yeah, you can't exactly. even get mad at him. Exactly. And, he's just and he also gained weight specifically because of the fact that mm-hmm. we didn't have post depth. So yeah. it's like you can't be mad at him for being slow because he literally gained weight because the team told him to. And so it's, yeah, the, he was just once again in a really crappy situation, to be honest. And yeah. he handled it with the utmost um, class mm-hmm. and respect. So, yeah, no, individually, like, for the things that were in Rudy Gay's control this year, honestly, he had a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all things considered, I know that he was, like I said, we, you talked about it. Like, we were kind of harping on him and Patty. They were kind of the, you know, the main targets throughout this season whenever it came to our struggles. But once again, it's not their fault that Pop is like, you're the offense on the second team and have the green light. Yeah. Like, it's not their fault that they're being told by their coach to shoot. You know what I mean? So we can't get mad at them for that. So, you know, like I said, all things considered, you know, really a decent season for Rudy. Um, And this will once again, I mean, he should be, he'll probably be a nice little uh, manageable um, free agency pickup for a contending team. Best of luck to him. Hope he gets a championship. I loved his time Mm -hmm. here in San Antonio. He talked nothing but great things about the organization. Just a class act overall. Um, I think we should then move on to our most intriguing power forward, Jude, because he's a he's a prospect that we haven't seen a lot of play from. A guy that causes a lot of a lot of us frustration, and a lot of us just want to see what he can do because we haven't had his sample size large enough mm-hmm. to tell what we have here in one of our former lottery picks, and that's Luka Samanich. Yeah, and for those that forget, Luka Samanich is was picked before twelve picks before, to be exact, mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson. Yep. Right. Obviously, Keldon from the, I think that's the 2019 draft. That was the 2019 Correct. draft. Yes. It was the yeah, bubble year. The, yeah. The 2019 draft, like those guys, we forget that, that Keldon Johnson is such, you know, I mean, so quickly he was such an effective player for us just in his second year, you know, being a starter basically mm. consistently um, at Luca's position. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we didn't even draft him to be that. He just yeah. happened to be immensely better at it than him already. Um, 
really all we've seen from Lucas Hamanich's G League highlights. We saw his first season in Austin, and then we had the G League bubble this year, which he was in and out of. We saw a couple minutes from him here and there on the Spurs. We had some starts for him where they would just be like, screw it, you're playing today, um, whether you like it or not. But even in those games, it was like eventually they'd had to take him out because he was just such a potato out there. <laughs> just didn't know. Just mm-hmm. It's still deer in the headlights for him. But the thing that we need to remember about Lucas Samanich that I feel like a lot of people forget, and this isn't me coming out and saying that he's going to be the next Giannis or that he's going to be anything. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that he was playing European basketball, which is a different style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the other Luka, Luka Doncic, look, he's an outlier. He's literally one of the greatest basketball talents of all time. That's not just me saying that. That's just straight facts. I mean, he won the European Championship and MVP and Finals MVP at 18 years old and was like the MVP the year before at 17. Anyways, that's that's a whole nother can of worms. But back to this, Luca. European basketball is very different. He's learning how to play American basketball. He's still kind of filling into his body. Like, even though he's listed at 225, and he may be 225 pounds, the muscle, like in the strength that you can get from 2000 or not 2000. Wow. Uh, 200. Yeah. 225 pounds. Like he doesn't have that built up yet. Like he hasn't really, he's still growing into his body. If you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's just got to get comfortable physically. That's one. And then he's got to get comfortable playing American basketball, which is two. And then and then, and he looks comfortable in the G League. So it's it's weird. It's weird. It's like he dominates in the G League, but he can't do anything in the NBA. So it's very it's a very weird thing. Um, but three, after those two th- things are accomplished, is three. You just need to give him consistent minutes. And ideally, after this season, you're those two things. You're adjusted to American basketball. You get another off season of strength and conditioning. You're feeling better in your body. And this is the year where you get consistent NBA minutes. I don't know. Maybe the Spurs, though, will will sign two guys over him and just have him as the third string and still play him in Austin. I, who knows what happens in the draft? Maybe we draft a younger player who can fill the role better, and then he just kind of fades into, I don't know, the NBA oblivion. <laughs> but mm-hmm. who, who knows what's going to happen? um with Lucas Samanich we're just gonna have to see but honestly I don't think I think I don't think we should give up on him yet because there's a lot of promise in the G League and what we've seen from him in the G League and the thing is I know it's just the G League but if you go watch Derek White you go watch DeJounte Murray Lonnie Walker and you go watch their G League highlights Drew Eubanks yeah yeah, Eubanks too right the way that they play in the G League is exactly how they play in the NBA Right. So we've seen Derek White have success. We've seen DeJounte Murray have success. Right. And this year we, we saw DeJounte, even though he'd go cold in the next half, we've seen him get really hot from that, you know, kind of under dribble, um, pull up mid range jumper in people's faces um, where he would just get hot from there and just go for like 20. And, you know, we saw that a couple times and he would do that in the G League, but people maybe not to, you know, that certain extent where he would get 20, but where he could just pull up from mid range in people's faces and make it right. These are So the whole point of this rant is what happens in the G League with a lot of the Spurs young stars that have been effective has translated to the NBA. Keldon is another great example. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention the way that he played in the G league is exactly. how he played in the bubble and we see it's translating. Obviously now there's some game planning and some stuff he has to work out, but that's going to happen regardless. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys, so, so we need to see that from Lucas Samanich. Can he 
play the way that he played in the G League in the NBA. And maybe that's just not possible. Maybe maybe this is the year that he finally breaks through, becomes a little bit more effective. I mean, I but I, I think we should play him, is my point. I think mm-hmm. we should just play him off the bench for one more year consistently. It doesn't matter how bad he is. We're probably we're not going to win a championship this year anyway. So you might as well just let him play, see how he does. Then you can really know what he is as a player, and next offseason you can make a decision on him. And it's in your power because you have the team option. So You've made a lot of great points here, Jude. A lot of great points. I'm, I'm sorry for that long rant. No, no, no. You, you, no, believe me, you did a great job. I'm gonna touch. I'm gonna try and touch on every single one of them if I can. Your first one yes. about his body, I 100% agree with you. And I think uh, Luca has made steps in the right direction. He's gotten a lot more mass, especially in his arms and his chest. He's tried to build up a little bit to compete with these big bodies down low. And I think that's a great sign. At no, least we Keldon know. Johnson. No, not yet. Not yet. But give him time. <laughs> And I don't know if that's entirely his game either, so I don't want him to get too big. But I he's think he's got to deal with the big body in the paint every day in practice. Yes, exactly. So he's <laughs> he's getting used to it, which is a great sign as well. Um, I think his biggest issue, and you touched on it, is the difference in his play from G League to the NBA. Because um, in the G League, like you said, he is a dominant player. He literally looks like Giannis. Yeah, he can get inside. He can get outside. And he's he got can, a nice but he handle. He can shoot. He can shoot. Yeah. yeah. He's got a nice. He got a nice pull-up game. He can. He can. He can play make as well. He looks tremendous, especially for a guy that's like six ten, six eleven, to be able to move like that. I mean, he's obviously not Kevin Durant, but like a, like a tall guy that can dribble and make his own shot. You know, that's that's a really a terrific talent to have, and that's something that the Spurs desperately need. But like you said, he comes into the NBA and he's basically relegated to that like spot-up shooter position, and it, he doesn't look comfortable. It almost looks like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's yeah, he legitimately doesn't know. Maybe that's one of the problems the Spurs have with him is that he can't figure out where he fits in the offense and he can't put it together. That could it's, I mean, you are asking, like, I know that this sounds crazy because there's so many 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds mm-hmm. in the NBA, but still you've got to understand that you're asking this 20-year-old dude who's kind of learning English, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like still to understand this concept, it's going to take some time. I know obviously that wasn't the same with Luka Doncic, but like how many other Luka Doncic's are there? And Luka's different too because their offense... You know, offense, zero. Like yeah. there's none. So and Luka Doncic <laughs> is different because their offense, I feel like is easier because Luka, you're basically... And it's through him. Yeah, he's got the ball. Like that's a lot easier in my opinion than, okay, Samanich, you're going to start in the corner, you're going to make a, a back screen and you're going to come out and you're going to make, you know, yeah. all this different stuff. Maybe he's and just not comfortable... Have... Yeah, maybe he's just not comfortable doing that right now. That could absolutely be it, and maybe that's the reason the Spurs haven't given him enough minutes, or it could be possibility number two, which we've talked about a lot with young players. He's just scared. He's scared to death because Pop has such a short leash. If he makes one mistake, he's getting yanked. And, you know, that's why he's only averaging seven minutes. Is that what it is, seven minutes a game? Nine minutes. Nine minutes a game, usually in garbage time. And we've, we saw him this season get a couple starts, and what happens? He and once, that's what I was just about to say. He gets yeah. yanked after he like gets, four minutes he gets, of play. He gets, he, gets, he gets yanked after four minutes, and then mm-hmm. they put him in again. And basically, he gets up to like max 22 minutes, and yeah. then they just pull him because they can't play him anymore. But yeah. it's like, at the same time, I get this year because it's like you have DeMar, and you have Rudy mm-hmm. and Patty on the team. You got to just give it your best shot for those guys. 
But now that those guys are probably off the team, just play Lucas Samanich and yeah. see what happens and just they tell the to. team, be like, look, we got to see what this guy's made of. You know what I mean? And I know if the, like, we're not winning the chip this year anyways, boys, sorry to break it to you, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like, let's see what happens with this guy. And then we can, you know, so we mm-hmm. can move forward with our roster. And you're absolutely right. The Spurs reached in the 2019 draft, and they picked him way too early because they were dead set. They wanted him, and they didn't want him. They didn't want him to slip. And uh, what, were, what are you going to say? Go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, no, just Tim Duncan was actually super instrumental in drafting Lucas. Oh, Sonich. really? I did not. Know yeah, that. he he scouted him overseas, and he was a big part of basically why they were so high on him. So that is the one last remaining. Yeah blip of hope that i have for lucas samanich and it's and you know let's remember and i know this sounds crazy because i i'm not trying to say he's going to be an mvp finals caliber player like Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he may be on a similar development track as him a slow track this this isn't and this isn't saying he's going to be him his potential may be way you know lower you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but his growth track might be on that same thing because it took up Giannis until about his third year to really like play. Mm-hmm. So that's the one. It's the Tim Duncan thing and taking, you know, we've seen it with other unicorns, if you will, yeah. you know, a little while. But I just hope he doesn't end up like Dragon Bender. So or Andre Bargnani. <laughs> yeah. The but the thing about the thing about those two guys is I'm pretty sure well, I know for a fact Dragon was. They were lot they were like top top picks like Tarnani was the number one yeah pick. yeah so imagine being yeah so i'm glad that at least we picked lucas samanich at 17 yeah. and the one thing thank god for the Kawhi trade is that 29 raptors pick where we yeah, got kelton in the first round so yeah wasn't and a complete loss if the spurs organization doesn't give him an opportunity this season to at least play i'm not saying give him 25 minutes a game but just like 17. Yeah. Consistently. At least. Yes. He needs to have a role on the team outside of getting garbage minutes. He needs to be a backup power forward, which means minimal. he's our, be- yes, minimal. And I, if you want to go sign a guy, you know, that can be like a three or a four and be a three and D guy, totally fine with that. But he can't, you cannot let him take minutes away from Lucas Samanich. Cause if you don't play him, and at least see what he can do with a bigger yeah. sample I mean, size. You need a starter, but you don't you don't need a guy taking minutes away from him at the backup yeah. spot. Exactly. If you're not if you're not gonna give him time, then you might as well trade him. Because his stock's only gonna go down if you continue to wait. Because right now he's still a young prospect with potential. But if you're not gonna give him a chance to prove himself, then then what's the point of even having his contract taking up cap? Then we should just yeah. trade him, sign someone else, and put him in that backup power forward spot. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And, and and that's a great point because the thing is with this guy, it's like, you know, you're talking about this, Ethan. I'm like, okay, look, we literally have no choice. Mm-hmm. If we want to get value from that pick, we have to play him this year. He has to be our backup power forward. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. He is literally our backup power forward. We're not pulling him. Doesn't matter how many mistakes. Let's play him, see what he is. Okay. Probably in free agency, you sign a starting power forward. That's probably what you want to do. You need maybe somebody who can help him a little bit, mm-hmm. mentor him a little bit, right? And then if you do want to just to be safe, maybe you want to go with Kai Jones in that, you know, that twelfth pick if he's there. And I know that that's the same position, but we know how the Spurs operate. Yeah. Most likely, unless you're a Devin Vassell, and I just don't see that happening. That that even if that four ends up being more talented than Lucas Samanich this year, 
that four should probably play in the G League anyway. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's how the Spurs roll with things. So it's like it's two years for Luka. If a rookie's playing over him, then he's not worth it. You know what I mean? So I like I'm with you 100. percent We we have to play him this year, but I think we do need we do need a starting four that yeah. would I guess take minutes away from him, but not yes that would that's kind of a different role even though it's the same position yeah i was talking about signing like role players like a damari carroll kind of guy that we had a couple years ago like if if you want to sign someone like that go for it just Mm -hmm. don't for the love of god give those minutes to him and not luka samanich because he needs Mm -hmm. to play at least like you said 15 17 minutes a game minimum to see what he's made of and if kai jones is drafted i'm willing to do this jude and you know this is hard for me you know this is hard Okay. Let Kai Jones take minutes from Eubanks instead of Samanich. Wow. See, I didn't even think about that, but I like yeah. that. You no, know I'm willing to do that me. too. That's really hard for you. That's kind of hard for me too. But no, I, I hate to say it too because I think about Eubanks and I love Eubanks. But mm-hmm. basically, in, unless Eubanks just is strapped up consistently, it's going to be actually hard to see him get minutes. But we don't want to get into the next episode. Yeah, that's the next that episode. Much. That's the next episode. Um, Speaking of which, I guess that this is the end of this episode, I think. I think you're right, Jude. That concludes (laughs) SSPN's Power Forward Positional Breakdown. You've been watching SSPN. That's Jude McLaren. I'm Ethan Quintero. Thank you guys for commenting. We've been getting a lot more likes and comments recently. Keep that up. We'll try and make an episode. Maybe we respond to some of these comments. So make sure you have any questions. Make sure you have any comments. Maybe you disagree with us. Let us know. We're like, we're love to hear that stuff. And as always, Jude, go Spurs. Go Spurs. Go. go. And thank y'all for the support, for real. Yeah, for real.